G'day, you wonderful human. It's Matty C here. We love that you make time to fit us at the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show into your day, and we want to help even more fantasy football players, no matter where you're from. To do this, we need your help. If you can tell just one person this week about our show and share where you listen to us, we'd be really appreciative of the support. Testimony from you who already join us and are part of our team really does help us reach new people. Also, giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app helps more people find the show, and it's more effective than you'd think. It's free, costs nothing, and takes just a moment of your time. We'd really love if you could help us so we can keep helping more people. Now, we ain't here for a haircut. Let's get into it. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Me We're not talking about like- there. No. Oh, of course. Of course not Maddie C, but... Exclude um, that, Joker. The yeah. C stands for can't tip for shit. Aussie? You'd say, fuck off and leave me alone. You took the words right out of my mouth. NFL? That is like Peter Piper picked a pick of pickled peppers right there. That's she sell seashells on the seashore. Fantasy. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Jeez, guys, sorry, a comet just hit fig tree. I can't believe it. A comet. And for some reason, it didn't destruct any other cities than fig tree. Mate, at 1.2 points, not what you're looking for. <laughs> Fuck tight end, right? This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. All right, boys, buckle in. Seatbelts on. Stack hat oh, on. Mouth guard in. I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited. For the Aussie Gridiron Network, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. It's the number one Aussie-made NFL fantasy show across this whole wide brown land, this enormous island stuck on the other end of the earth to help balance everything out because that's how they thought it had to be way back when. And on that island, you get me, my name's Matty C. We're, we're missing Manjot, and it'll be a weird show to not have Manjot around. He is, of course, the voice of Australian gridiron. But, mate, we've got no problems filling the space because my co-host and I have been doing a show like this, Jesse and I, actually, for quite a long time. We've got no problem filling the space. It's, of course, Australia's number one fantasy analyst, Taylor Goodall. Mate, welcome to the show. Thanks, Maddie. It's funny timing. I know me and Jock last year when we were doing this buy, um, buy low, sell high segment actually missed. It just seemed to yeah. be a time of year thing of these assignments. But um, it's kind of a segment that you and I are pretty good at doing ourselves. Like, we're yeah. just, you know, pretty good at sort of delving in and looking at the stats. And I know we've picked some absolute gems uh, in the past. So, uh, looking forward to doing this segment. We're kind of doing it a little bit more this year. We're sort of doing it every like sort of break in the in the you know we're basically doing it every yeah. month uh, this year because I think 100%. it's an important thing for people looking to trade and looking to move on some players and just looking for value out there. So yeah, can't wait to get into it. Mate, it's one thing we recognised from last year is we got a really good segment of it in and then we just never got back to it. So it's like, well, actually, yeah. we need to prioritise that because it really does help. You know, I think firstly. It really helps us as analysts to get into what's important as you evolve your season and as you evolve your roster. And then it's also really important to be sharing that and getting into the space where uh, with so many of the you know owners of teams out there are in that position where they've started a season a particular way and they need to pivot, whether it be because they've started really, really hot and that they know they can try to premiumize their starters because they've got the depth or they may be the other way around where they've started slow and they've got a really hot piece and they're like, I need to sell that hot piece so I can diversify my roster and try and fill up spots. So either way, this segment's a really handy segment for people and I'm glad we get to do it. Before we do though, one thing Manjot would usually do for us is run through his pastry performers. Uh, he's, he hasn't got them for us this week because he's not here, but um, you will be able to catch them at Pastry Press NFL at G'day Gridiron. You'll see them up there. 
He often lets me collaborate with them as well through the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show page too. So you'll see them. Uh, He's just not here to announce them. But the other segment he runs for us is that he's just so proud of being the like the outsider on our show because when it comes to the pick'em that we're running with the get a gridiron guys versus the fantasy guys, he aligned with the get a gridiron guys. So you know he thinks he's all fucking clever where the get a gridiron guys are leading, um, and he gets to try yeah, and out a little bit. That's the main reason he's actually off this. We actually fired him. <laughs> Remember last week when I crafted an Adam Schefter tweet through one of those tweet generators to be like, yeah, this Western Wankers have fired Manjot Melly, president of football operations, for the one and five start. Um, we, we've done the same for the Aussie NFL fantasy show. He's just off. He won't be back. <laughs> Bloody Manjot. <laughs> Not true. He'll be back. But um, but it, he would usually run the segment. So I'm, I'm going to give the Cliff Notes version of how that traveled because, uh, Tay, I don't know. This week, I know there was only, you know, what was it, 10 games or 11 games. So it was a slightly lower pond of games because so many teams on a buy. Uh, but, mate, we we had howlers trying to pick this week's games. <laughs> I don't mate, know that- if it was just us. There was definitely some upsets. Like, I know uh, I'm in another tipping comp, and I know the guy that was leading got, like, three. Like, it was a, it was a really weird week to, to sort of pick, like – you know, some of the upsets people might have sort of thought that was coming didn't, and then the ones that they thought were no chance came through, and it just made so it a weird. sort of hard week. It was like it would have been okay just picking every single favorite, I guess, and just getting half of them because, like, it was really, really hard to find which upsets were going to come. So, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a tough week, and um, yeah, in the end, like compared to how everyone else went out there, I was kind of fine with where I went. Ah, it was a disaster, a catastrophe. Um, <laughs> like, six of us take the bills. Fair. Why are they losing to New England? Got no idea. Team without an offense. Six of us take the Commanders. They lose to this Giants team that they scored 14 points. You shouldn't be losing that game. Only Manjot took the Falcons, and the rest of us all felt like the Buccaneers no, no. were the hotness. No, we all took the Raiders. It was just a disaster, mate. I was uh, sorry, I was the only one who took the Falcons. <laughs> oh, you took the Falcons. There you go. So that's he, it. He, so you he, take he, the Falcons. That's what separates you from the rest of us. We all scored like five this week, except you, who scores six because you do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Manjot was the only one who took the Steelers, so that got him back to even with me. Um, but there was so much. I can't remember off the top of my head. He, he missed on the Dolphins, though. So he took the Dolphins. Yeah, so that's he, the he, he changed like. Ten minutes before the game, he, he wrote to us. So he took the Dolphins, obviously, to beat Philly. So that sort of put him behind me as well. But yeah, he was he was in that situation. It's always weird when the game start and you're the only one to skip the team. You just feel like this is such a big swing. It's like yeah, you you're go, gonna get one on everyone, or everyone's <laughs> just going to get one on you. And that I was really feeling it in that Falcons Bucks game because the Falcons were leading basically the entire way, and then they did every fucking thing to try and lose it. Like that Ritter, yeah, bloody fumble, like when. They They'd called it a touchdown, and then all of a sudden the bus came straight down inside the game, and then the fell. Yeah, it was just it was brutal. But in the end, they got the win. Thank you, Young Oku, uh, Young Waiku, sorry. And uh, yeah, I was I was glad to get that. But at the same time, Manjot went out on a limb and went the Steels, and we all went Rams, and then he got that yeah. one too. So it was good. Yeah, and things like that nullify where I thought I was so smart taking the Ravens because I felt like that was going to be an easy one, and then. No one else really took it. It was just Brad and I on the Ravens. Yeah. I'm like, wow, okay. So we feel really good about that. But then immediately you lose that when you do something like 
I took the Dolphins too. So, you know, just... Yeah. But, uh, what are you doing, Matty? Anyhow, uh, Ian, with his balls of steel, took the uh, took took his boys, his uh, Vikings, against the 49ers and showed us all up on Monday Night Football. So, big props to him. Um, as the weekends, everyone in our pool scores five except Taylor, who gets six. So, not a lot of change in the total group result. But the results speak for themselves. Taylor's on top. He's got a one-point lead over Manjot now, so he's 66. Manjot's got 65. And then you see Ian at 62 and Brad at 61. So that's the three G'day Gridiron guys all wedged in a sandwich right there. Uh, Dynasty Mark is tied with Brad. And then uh, I'm kind of hanging on the bottom there at 59, but I feel like I'm making the gap up a little bit here. I'm, I'm not falling behind anyway. And as it works out too, all of us are in that top quarter of – tipping so like it's it sort of sucks to be last but it's also like well i'm last in a room of experts it's, it's not the worst thing um and it, as it works out there it means that you know with your point lead over manjot and me being three points behind ian because brad and mark are tied it means that there's a two point lead for the get acronym guys and and we've been pulling this thing back we've been pulling this thing back over weeks at one stage it was out to four or five and uh, and we've got it all the way back to now just two so the the fantasy boys are on their way mate Oh, we're coming, mate. We're like a freight train. Yeah, fucking oath. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I'm going to go with the Wolfman, Sam Howell. Sam Howell! Uh, Brees yeah. Romeo, no, you can't make a howl sound for dubs. Fucking <laughs> <And> dubs! <laughs> that's an awful... going to drop. That's so good. <laughs> so that's all the, the parts that Manjot would usually take over for us, but... Hey, this is a really special time of the season. We're seven weeks in and we, we're halfway through the fantasy regular season. We're going to get this series of buy low, sell high, and we'll probably get one more before trade deadlines start coming up. So this is a really important one, and I'm really looking forward to getting into it. But, mate, I found, and we are talking about this a little bit off mic, I found buys were easy to come across and sells guys who were high where you could really realistically sell them that didn't already have some serious warts. Um, man, I found that hard. Yeah, I was exactly the same as you, mate. Like you said, we talked about what we thought was hard and what we thought was a bit easier and we were exactly aligned. Like, you know, the sales was a bit interesting. It was kind of like guys were in that sort of top 10, top 15 where you're sort of looking to sell high were either guys that were just basically studs and you thought, well, they deserve to be there, or they yeah. were guys that even though they were in that top 10 or top 15, they sort of had question marks anyway, so you were unsure about what their actual value was. So it, it sort of made it a bit hard to, uh, to pick some, but you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're absolute experts, mate, so we, we went and did it anyway for the people. We, we 100% did, and we found a couple of, uh, of real – you know, beautiful diamonds to, to you know, cut and shine up. Um, but we did find a couple of guys who we think are, at this point now, you know, the, the, the tricky thing I found was that the ones who did have a reason to sell them had such obvious holes that it's maybe hard to get the buyer. Or, like, I just kind of found with a position like running back, most of the guys who are in really solid running back positions in fantasy scoring at the moment probably deserve to be there. Um, so it was the buyers that were the easy bit because you're like, oh, you know, some of these guys who are struggling in terms of fantasy scoring probably aren't going to continue to struggle. Um, so I just kind of found that was the reason why. Uh, I, mean, I think it would do the segment the most justice to give you the first shot here to put up a buy or a sell candidate and we'll, we'll run from there. 
Yeah, I'll go. I'll start with the positive. I'll go with a buy low, and this really much. This really is. Like, this is the guy that either would be on a waiver wire or would be at the end of someone's bench. I don't think. Oh, interesting. Starting this guy, so I have gone with someone who's at running back thirty-seven uh, at the moment, and he's been perceived as a backup. But I'm going to say Chuba Hubbard is a guy that I am going wow. to put as a buy low, and. It isn't so much that he's been out there not performing. It's just because, honestly, I still think there's a stigma of everyone thinking this guy is just a pure backup, and I don't think he is anymore. I believe he started the season that way. I think we all had high expectations for Miles Sanders in this Panthers backfield, but honestly, he just isn't it. Like he's he's injured. He clearly isn't himself. Like I said, monitor Sanders, you know, practice reports. But I really even think even if he plays, he's not going to be at 100%. And you're already seeing that Hubbard's starting to get at least half the work. Uh, and I think he's doing a lot more with it. And it isn't just a fact of that. The next three games, here is defense oh. against the running back position. Uh, Houston is 24th against the running back position. Oof. They then go into the Colts, who are 26th against the running back position. And then they're into the Bears, who are 27th. So it actually just gets better and better for the next three weeks for the Panthers. So, look, I just think Hubbard is definitely the buy low because I think he's still perceived as the backup. And I think there's an opportunity that you could go to the manager and they're not exactly thinking they've got a gem there. I think they're just thinking they've got someone at the end of their bench that's probably expendable. Uh, Obviously, look at their team and see if if they've got a few running backs in front of him. I think that's a perfect opportunity to pounce. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, and this is a player who I've got in a bunch of leagues, and mainly their dynasty leagues because, yep. you know, he was just such an easy-to-pick-up player years ago, and he's just continued to find ways to get into work. But this year, really, I think you make a great point that even if Miles Sanders is playing, it doesn't really preclude him from picking up a bunch of volume. So uh, if you're saying to me now he's running back 37, that puts him on the edge of like fringe flex. That's like, mm, is he even fringe flex? So this, this is the kind of perfect guy to go and pick up who can become a bona fide starter for you week in, week out, especially if you're in a position where you know you've got like a mega buy coming up with another six teams off next week. Um, really nice time to go and pick that up. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm staying in the running back position too, and I just kind of think it's a little bit mental. I've taken a guy a little bit further up the food chain, but I think you, the opportunity to get him now while his value is depressed is really, really important because there's a lot of positive signs here. The running back is Joe Mixon, and he's at running back 22 in sleeper standard scoring. I don't know how possible it is to get him, but I imagine that the guy who owns him is super frustrated. Super frustrating because he's not been putting up the sort of fantasy points you would expect. But the reason I think you can get him is because of that. But what you aren't seeing is that this guy has not had less than 18 touches in a game. 18 touches! Do you know the amount of running backs in this league who are getting 18 touches a game? It's like Saquon Barkley, and that is it. Nobody else. So, like, the volume is there. The offense hasn't been potentially what it could be and and it feels like they're starting to get that right and this might be your last chance to get a slice of joe mixon while his value is so depressed um at this stage too what you would be looking to part with to get him would be in that kind of range as well because there are guys who are going to seem to like be a little bit more hot who you could probably part with who probably don't have the same prognosis i feel like 
if ever there was a time to get a guy who could really project, just absolutely propel you into this back half of the season, who's solidly getting the volume and the opportunity already, I don't know that there's a better candidate. No, I really like it. Um, and I, I've been an owner, like I've got him in a dynasty league and it is one of those situations where you're just plugging and playing him and you're really not getting what you would have hoped. But he really much is a – sorry, he is a product of that Bengals offense just struggling. And what, when you're looking at a buy low in running back, it really is um, good practice to just to follow the volume because in the end, you know that's what's going to be there. There's no backup behind him that's like all of a sudden going to take any sort of like share off him. So you know moving forward, he's getting those 18-plus touches every single week. And if yeah. that Bengals team gets 10 20% better, which I would project, obviously, that, that calf's starting to heal, it seems like. They're coming off a buy. So this yeah. is going to be the moment you would think that Burrow's going to be at his best that you've seen in the season so far. I think that offense is a bit of a buy low in general. Um, I think it's going to be far better in the second half of the year. So, yeah, Mixon's probably the most – the guy that you were guaranteed the volume. Like, you could look at a T. Higgins, right? There's a lot of question marks behind him. So, even if the offense got better, there's still question marks on him himself. <laughs> Whereas Mixon, I don't think there's actually question marks. I think that was purely because their offense has been shit. And, and if it gets better, I just think better days are ahead for Mixon for sure. At 18 touches a game through this many weeks, he has one touchdown. There, there is no way that that continues at that trajectory. Right? So, no way. so this is the thing, right? And, and I think that's an important distinction to make is that the touches are there. And even though he's not been super productive with it, he's not hurt. The things around him have been imperfect. So th- this is the chance to strike. Uh, mate, have you got another one to, to chuck up there, a buy or a sell? Yeah, I'll go to a sell now, and I'll stay in running back. And wow. what, I, what I will say of this one is I don't believe his value is where he's positioned. So I will still, I'll say where I think his value probably is and that I believe he's still a sell high at that spot. So I'm going to say it's Brian Robinson, who is currently the running back 10 on the season. I don't believe you're going to get running back 10 value in a trade. I'd say it's probably somewhere more around the running back 20-ish. I still think that's selling high. I actually still think that's a great proposition. I'll even say myself, I... I traded for him for a running back. Uh, sorry, for a wide receiver in a league because I just had a, f- a fair few guys that I felt like were very similar on my bench to him that I would be just as happy plugging and playing as yeah. him. So I, I decided to sort of shore up my wide receiving core a bit more, uh, going good uh, trading him. So. Uh, in the end, I, I just think, it, like, you know, running back 10, people are going to look at those stats and see that he's had a very good year, but it's it's basically been a couple of boom games. He, he boomed a couple of times early in the season, and since then, he's really been putting up anywhere from, like, six to nine points. He, yeah. he isn't really getting... He doesn't get any work in the passing game. Um, I think he got a couple of catches in that Bears game when they were getting absolutely boat raced, so he didn't really have a choice to but to get uh, get receptions. Uh, but at the moment, I just don't trust, one, that Washington O-line, and when you've got a running back predicated on rush attempts, it really, really is hard when the O-line is just terrible. And then, obviously, that Washington team, it doesn't project to be in front in a lot of games, which all of a sudden almost brings Antonio Gibson more into play, which I, it just worries me about them. 
Uh, not to mention they play Philly this week, um, who are the number one rushing defense in, in the league against the running back position in fantasy. So I only think that his value is going to be even lower after this week. So I would say he's a sell right now and see what you can get. Oh, I mean, 100% this is it. So Brian Robinson has essentially been the Brian Robinson we've all known and loved who will plot along get you a couple of points. But because of those two biggish ones, it just inflates him so much because you've already had teams on buys and a couple of traditionally strong running backs not get off to the stars they're used to. So here he is sitting at 10. And as you've said, you can go and get a player like, you know, I wonder if somebody would be dazzled enough with the number of Brian Robertson, you could trade him to the mixer owner. I just wonder if he could do yeah. that. So Michael Pittman was the one uh, wide receiver that I that I was talking about before that yeah. trade straight to him. I would far rather Pittman, especially I've so, I've talked about like Josh Downs and how much better the wide receiver cause for the fantasy asset is with with Gardner Minshew over Anthony Richardson. Uh, I think he's a way better play moving forward than Brian Robinson. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's probably a lesson for those who immediately are just looking at, okay, so where's this guy in rankings? Rankings don't always tell you the whole story. So I think there's a real good lesson in that, um, that you do have to look behind it because is what Brian Robinson's getting, even though he's running back 10, better than what Joe Mixon's getting as running back 22. Give me the indicators that Mixon has all day over I'll take Mixon Robinson. over Brian Robinson and RB. <laughs> and... If you find the very dissatisfied Mixon owner, you could probably get him to take someone in the Brian Robinson world. And you're just going to feel better about the floor of volume you're getting because, I mean, opportunity is really the key to this game, right? Some really untalented people who get opportunity score a lot of points. Um, but you've just got this really talented guy, Mixon, who's getting a lot of opportunity in just an offense that's a little bit broken where Robinson's just kind of had those boom games. So I, I love the analysis on that. I'm also going to bring up a sell, and I'm moving from the running back position. Uh, the guy who I found I thought was probably the biggest sell candidate this season based off everything we've seen on the way up to now, and then the game he just had is Mark Andrews at tight end. Ooh. Now, it might be a little bold because I think there's a lot of people who are like, finally, Mark Andrews is looking like Mark Andrews. Is he? He's only had more than six targets. Once a year. So, you know, he gets four catches and two touchdowns and 60 yards. And all of a sudden, this is like the big announcement that he's back. I'm not sure four catches is an announcement to any, anyone's back. Uh, and like his next three opponents coming up are all top 10 against the tight end. So, look, if you've managed to stay in the flames and you've got this big game out of him now and you can shift him to somebody who is really buying in and, and really wants to see, you know, who really thinks that tight end is where they're weak and you can give them that but get something back that helps you in a different position. Um, now's the time because you have not been doing any worse at tight end than everybody else. You probably had to pay up for it, but the scores you've been getting are not any worse than anyone else until this week where you finally hit a big one. That The replacement value on what Mark Andrews has been scoring has not has not been irreplaceable until this one week where he's really boomed. So I think if the opportunity is there to, to improve yourself somewhere else, sell Mark Andrews away, replacement value, any other tight end you want, who's going to give you these seven points that Mark Andrews has been throwing up every week. I would, I would do that. Yeah. And he's, he fits his segment perfectly. Like he is a really, really, 
big sell high at the moment, like especially off that game. Um, and obviously, no one's really getting like consistency outside of probably Kelsey and maybe Hawkinson. Yeah, so, they're it. Uh, in terms of the position, um, I think a lot of people are looking for stability. So you could sell that to a person. Like you could even, if you're not wanting to all of a sudden drop into the territory of having to stream the tight end position, you could even go to the Dallas Goddard manager, let's <laughs> say, or the Darren Waller manager and go, yeah, hey, here's an upgrade at tight end uh, for Mark Andrews. And then let, let's see what other piece you can get as well. You might be able to get a pretty good wide receiver or or if you're struggling at running back, you could get a very good running back as well. So you're all of a sudden, you know, you know, air quotes dropping down to a Goddard or a Waller um, yeah. who's probably on average probably only scoring like two or three points less than Andrews per week. And then you could get a really, really good piece out of that. So I actually think that's a very good sell high. Yeah, it took me a little while to find the one that I thought was really perfect, and I think he is because also I think your name value gets you a long way. He was drafted as a number two tight end in a lot of leagues this year, so I yep. think there's probably a lot of people who don't own him who would be chaffed at the idea of getting the guy with a big name value off such a big game. Yeah, I don't. I'm not all of a sudden trusting that Ravens offense either. Like they just had a breakout game against the Lions. Um, there's been a lot of times this year where the team that you, you, the whole public has perceived as like the team to watch out for now, just lays an egg the week after. So yeah. I'm not saying they're all of a sudden going to lose to the Cardinals this week, but I'm just saying don't all of a sudden think this offense is like perfect and fixed just because they had one good game. So yeah, oh, I, fuck, I, yeah. I agree. This next one, obviously, is he's definitely a guy I talked up before the season started. Um, he's just got some better matchups coming up, and I, I just still believe in the guy completely. And it's Amari Cooper at wide receiver <gasps> forty-two. Every, I think the I think the reason you could buy low on him too is the fact that the Deshaun Watson situation's happening. I'm sort of in the boat that I don't think it matters as much as we think. Now, I will say that from what I was hoping at the start of the year. That has definitely dropped off because obviously I had hopes and dreams that would see at least some sort of what we used to see out of Watson when he was at the Texans. I knew he'd never be that guy ever again. I wasn't that stupid, but I thought we wouldn't just see an absolute spud out there. Um, I I just don't think PJ Walker is all of a sudden just a horrendous downgrade. I think he's actually looked fine. You've got eight targets per game in the two PJ Walker starts. Um, And obviously Walker kind of got thrusted in there after, you know, a few plays and an interception from Deshaun Watson. So it's not like the guy was exactly in rhythm from the start of the game either. Um, up, up gaming, uh, sorry, upcoming two games and their defense against wide receiver um, in fantasy, Seattle 29th and then the Cardinals 27th. So I think there's a chance in these next two weeks that you could see a bit of a bounce back from Amari Cooper. And now's the time to get him, right? As you said, he's in the wide receiver, like 40 range. I don't think anyone values him that low, but the guy who owns him no. is going to be fed up, right? It- it's not again. I say what they are at because that sort of like fits the whole byline yeah. narrative. I, I don't think anyone's sitting there thinking they've got the wide receiver forty-two, but I do believe they're thinking that he's a lot lower than what I'm saying he should be. So let's just say, like, if people perceive him as somewhere between twenty-five and thirty. I still think that's too low. I think he's going to turn it around. Hundred percent. At the start of the year, I wasn't as high on him as yourself, Amanda. I really was. No was much more tempered on him, but I still had him as around that top 20. I think I had him at about 18 or something like that. And and I still think that is probably right. 
um, and that he's not going to stay where he is now. We'll correct for him and he will rise to be somewhere around that by the time the season's over. This is the time to invest in that. Um, my, my next buy low is kind of a twin pack. Ooh, you can kind of have one, the other, or why not both and stack that bitch up? Because I just don't believe that the Dallas Cowboys offense is going to stay the way it has been. And I think you've seen Dak now at quarterback 20. And I just, I, I can't believe that that's the way that's going to stay all year. He now plays one top 10 fantasy defense against quarterbacks for the rest of the remaining regular fantasy season. And he's 97% owned, right? Fair enough. But he's only started in 42% of leagues, which means the people who own him don't believe in him. And there's a great opportunity to swoop in and try and pick him up. If you've got a bit of an uncertain quarterback situation, right? Um, and I think the two-pack with him is that C.D. Lamb has kind of been the same as Dak, right? He hasn't been overwhelming. He's currently wide receiver 25. You didn't buy him to be wide receiver 25 in your draft. And he similarly only has one top 10 defense against wide receivers in the next seven weeks. So, again, he's kind of like Dak in that there is no better time to attack him. The offense can't remain as bad as it has. And they've also they've gotten through the tough bit of the schedule now in that respect. So, this is why it's a two-pack. That's my thinking about it. There's definitely going to be people who are going to go, you're fucking mad. The Cowboys' passing game is is just cancerous and terrible. Um, stay away from it. But I, I'm a believer that it can't stay this bad, and you'll never get it cheaper. I I fully agree with Lamb. I actually traded for him before last week when he had the game against the Chargers, uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I I just I felt like he was a buy low at that moment. I I didn't be- think all of a sudden everyone was going to be uh, like dropping it. So I, it basically, for, for reference, I traded Higgins and Garrett Wilson for him um, just because wow. I, I had absolutely no idea where Higgins was at, um, obviously with his injury yep. and everything like yep. that. And Garrett Wilson obviously is someone that is kind of like, you know, a 50-50 chance of starting in in this certain league anyway, just because of the fact that he's got Zach Wilson. So I, I, um. I paid up. But I still felt like I was getting value because I, I think that's Steve worth Lamb it. Is an absolute stud, and I still felt like that was a little bit less value than you probably would have been able to get uh, at the start of the year, given what Higgins and Garrett Wilson and their situations are now. So I, I actually think that's a great buy low still because he's now coming off off the buy, he's sitting there still at like your wide receiver twenty odd. Um, I've got him in a dynasty league, and I'm. And I was actually shopping him for a little bit before the season started only because I had worries about this Cowboys passing offense and the fact that they're in games where their defense wins them their games and they just don't pass in the second half and things like that. And we have seen that a lot, as you mentioned. But like you said, there are situations where they're coming up against just easier defenses to beat and and especially in the passing game specifically. So I think we saw a lot at a lamb in that last game, and I think it's going to continue. Yeah. What I also find interesting is they're starting to lose some pieces. They obviously lost Trayvon Diggs, who makes a lot of plays. They're not looking as good on defense the last few weeks. Like they're they're yeah. fine, but they're they're beatable. So that makes me feel at least like they if they're giving up twenty odd points in some games, that 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 Dak and Lamb are actually going to have to do stuff. So yeah. especially in the second half. So 
I'm with you. I, I, I don't know if I would 100% be jumping on Dak, but I completely I understand agree. That. Yeah. I agree with you that he's a buy low. Like, he, like where he is perceived at right now, and you said the start percentage, I think he can only go up from where he is right now. Um, I, I even saw, like, I, I'll even say Stephen in our Astro League, I I offered a trade that had Burrow in it, and then he actually said to me, I dropped a Burrow two weeks ago for Dak. And I was surprised at that point. Wow. Thinking, why why would he have Dak over Burrow? But then I'm like, well, I don't actually think it's that bad. Like, Burrow's obviously been struggling with the calf, and, and Dak is kind of just, he's been not great, but he probably nah. has just as much potential to sort of go forward and, and have an okay season. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm fine with the duo, but for the lamb part, for sure, I would be trying to get him off anyone I could. Yeah, he was the compelling bit. Value. And then I looked over Dak afterwards and I went, oh, okay. He has so many of the same markers. I need to bring him up. He's not as compelling, but I need to bring him up. Yep, for sure. Uh, You got uh, one more to bring us home? Yeah, one more sell high. And this is one that I'm pretty sure it was either me or someone else brought it up on the last um, buy low sell high episode. Um, I think I actually sort of grouped the – now I think it was definitely me. I grouped the entire sort of running back core together. Uh, but I'll bring him up again. I'm going to say that people should still be trying to trade Raheem Mostert. Uh, he's still at running back two on the season. Um, you know, I know a smart man uh, told everyone <laughs> to avoid him last week. Uh, yeah. That Philly defense, and it worked out wonders. Uh even had some people actually reach out to uh, me on Dr. Google Call's you know, behalf, of course, oh, uh, like saying that. that they actually heard that and it was a really, really good call. So um, that, that was a good shout-out. But uh, in the end, I just think Wilson coming back, I know he didn't do much in his first game. I didn't expect him to. Uh, he gets more involved. A-Chan's going to come back in a couple of weeks off IR. That obviously yep. isn't going to help. It's just going to be a muddled backfield. An absurd touchdown rate for the running back position in Miami is just sort of continued. It's I just don't think it's sustainable. I think you're going to find moving forward that Tua's probably going to pass in something more like 70 to 75% of the touchdowns instead of like under half that it's been so far. It's it's yeah. been absolutely insane, especially for a guy that's actually thrown a fair few touchdowns. He, the percentage of the touchdowns is, just hasn't been there, and I don't think moving forward that's sustainable. I, don't, I think it's going to turn. So, yeah, I just I, I really do believe that most of it is still a sell high. I don't think people are going to perceive him like we've talked about as the running back two, but I still think because of the huge, massive games that he's had, I think people are still going to see him as sort of on the edge of that top 10, top 12. And I think that's still a good enough value to sell high right now. If you can get that return, I'd do it tomorrow. 100%. Yep. 100%. Yeah, for sure. And I was looking at guys, and this is my honorable mention, is a guy in that range. I would 100% trade Mostert for Derrick Henry today because yep. Derrick Henry has so many of the great markers where from weeks 9 to 15, every single defense he plays is a bottom 10 defense. He's had his buy, and week 9 is the beginning of mega buy again, right? Um, and he's only getting started in 50% of leagues. Admittedly, he's coming off the buy, so that number may change, but it just means that he's probably gettable. And I just don't believe that even on a team where then, then things aren't going great for the Titans this year, fine. 
that Derrick Henry won't end up just being a lot like the Derrick Henry we've continued to see for a very long time. I know Tajay Spears is picking up some work, which is great. Um, but I would do that tomorrow. I would do that tomorrow. I'd do Mostert for Derrick Henry. Oh, absolutely. And, happy. and just, just to touch on that one last time, I don't think this Miami team wanted to give this much workload to Mostert this year. I just think it's it's just been, you know, a situation of just everyone around him falling over. Well, I I think they wanted the young guy in A-Chan to, to have more work, and he was starting to, and then obviously ended up getting put on IR. I think they wanted Jeff Wilson yeah. involved, and then he was just been on IR this entire season. Um, even still, Selvin Ahmed, I think they wanted to sort of take a little bit off him, and it just didn't work out. I, I don't think they want an, a 30-year-old taking this sort of workload, so I, uh, I do think moving forward that there's just going to be a lot more games where he's sharing a backfield and not taking as many snaps and as many carries as he has been early in the year. Yeah, 100%. Uh, have you got a couple of honourable mentions too? I've already shot my load with uh, my honourable mention. I just had one and it was actually very – it was uh, pretty much tied to who you just brought up then with Derek Oh, Henry. interesting. I, I thought just Tajay Spears is one to monitor um, because – I just think he's getting more and more work as the year goes on. And there's obviously the fact that the Titans look like, to me, they're starting to sort of blow things up a bit. And if they happen to trade Derrick Henry, uh, I think Spears would just be the lead guy the whole rest of the year. And obviously, it wouldn't be a great offense if they're sort of getting rid of everyone. But at the same time, I think he's shown enough that even in a bad offense, I think he could get a lot of work and a lot of volume. So... Yeah. Uh, even 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 without that, he's basically sharing the snaps with Derrick Henry this year. So I think he's one to monitor. Um, don't get me wrong; like if someone's got Spears and they see Henry traded, they're probably all of a sudden going to value him a lot higher. So yeah. that's why I think like monitor. Don't just do it after you see Henry traded. If you're starting to get a feeling that it might happen, maybe try and get on it before Henry gets traded, or just just decide to just chance your arm now. Just just get out there and. And, and, and test out the Spears owner um, and, and see if they're happy to sort of let him go for a very small price. Yeah, just see what you can get, you know. Like, what's the range? I could probably trade Tajay Spears for Deonta Foreman. Yep. I could probably send away Deonta Foreman and get to Tajay Spears today. Probably. Yep. Absolutely. Am I'll I going to miss Deonta Foreman? No. <laughs> no, and you got Roshan coming back. Like, that's going to be... Khalil fun. Herbert coming back. Like, it's just, yep. yeah... You know what I mean? So, and that's kind of why I thought he was probably a good example for that. Is it's both their situations will change, and they're probably both going to change in opposite directions. But today, you could probably pull it off. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I'm hoping this helps the people a bit because this is something that we do too. Is then then we often take what we've talked about and we go in our leagues and we go and stir up some mischief and. Then we can come back and actually talk to the things that we've done um, from the segment and, and we sort of walk the talk as well. Um, and I'm always interested when you've gone through this process and over time, too, you've done this a bunch of times where you go, hey, I'm going to plant my flag on this guy. And then you go, you make a bunch of moves for them. I think Stevenson last year was your big one. The year before that was probably yeah. Keenan Allen. Um, you, you've had one or two guys every year where you've done this and, and you come back and say, hey, in real life, I did these things. Here's what I traded away. Um, here's what I've brought in and, and here's my results. So I kind of love that you do that as well and you walk the walk and we'll, we'll get to talk about that in these future weeks as these things come out. And that's one thing I do promise and you know this firsthand that the stuff I say on here is very much stuff that's in my mind and things that I put into practice. Like I, I even do games where I say that I'm going to go after this guy in as many leagues and 
Um, you know, I, I go out and I 100% put my money where my mouth is. This isn't just me throwing shit at the wall. This is stuff I've really thought about and things that I'm looking for in my league. So, yeah, and it's, it's definitely stuff that's it's worked wonders in the past. So I employ everyone to do it. You don't have to just blindly listen to me. If you um, want to go out there and do it, just sort of have a look in the stats and just try and find some gems that people might be undervaluing or all those guys that are getting overvalued, um, yes. just go out and do it. It's great practice. 100%. Mate, on that note, I reckon we should let the folks uh, absorb all this. We'll come back through tomorrow and have a chat with the doctor, and we'll get into the mailbag as well. Um, and then, you know, later in the week, we've actually got a really special guest to come and help us with Manjot at MIA this week and, and off doing other more productive and constructive things for his future. Um, we've got a super special guest to come on and do the starts segment later in the week. So, um, mate, we'll, we'll bring you back through all of that. Uh, but for the meantime, hey, look, thank you for walking us through a whole bunch of buy low and sell high. And, uh, mate, I am so glad it's you who was kicking butt with the uh, the pick'em this year against uh, the Gridiron <laughs> Grid guys. Because if it was up to me, you know, we'd just be we'd be eating dirt sandwiches. That's it, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to put my just general NFL knowledge to the test too, not just fantasy. It's something I uh, would like to always get better at, strive to be better at. And um, I was able to win an NFL tipping comp last year, so... Yeah, happy that's to true. Be, happy to be doing very well again this year. Yeah, yeah, crushing. Uh, and by a long distance, he's got a, a single point lead over Manjot. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's about a two-point lead from the rest of the field, and, and I'm says, hanging on the bottom. <laughs> as Manjot said in starts of the week when he won, uh, I'm, I'm ahead by a million. By a million, yeah. <laughs> a full million, you know, just round up. That's the way, 100% round up. Mate, thank you again. We'll catch you tomorrow and we'll go through some mailbag and then we'll talk to the doctor, you reckon? Mate, hooroo. Love it. Hooroo. See you tomorrow. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I said it last week. He was tied into on his team and then they go out in fucking London and do that shit again. On yeah, yeah. Toy Story mode too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. That's a Taylor Goodall special. Aussie? If, you, if you're going out with Jimmy and Jimmy's got the penis pills, mate, you are going to have a cracking night. Are you kidding? <laughs> and he's probably deep into 16 porn stars. But anyway. NFL? Wasn't there someone that was moister than an oyster yes. for him? We'll catch up with you next week, mate. Absolutely. Penis pumps for all. Fantasy. And I mean, that's the difference between this show and tomorrow's show where we are really just trying to gear it to fuck Taylor up, so. Yeah, 100%. Look, I understand that because you've been kicking your ass for a while, so. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I've got one question. Do you guys charge rent? Because I'm living in your heads rent-free. Oh, go fuck yourself. (laughs) 